0: coverlet weaving is um, a way to make blankets out of linen or cotton and wool, and they're highly patterned, and we have one in this exhibition. Let's
1: just go take a look. <laughs> because coverlet, you think, I think of a coverlet, I understand it being used traditionally as a blanket, but I also yeah. think of coverlets as small things.
0: Like, oh, you know, like, a,
1: like a little throw blanket like you would have.
0: Okay, yeah. So I've,
1: I've conflated it or yeah, changed yeah, the yeah. meaning of the term.
0: Well, I think it's a term that's like pretty, I think it's a flexible term. Like people use the word coverlet to describe different kinds of blankets. But in the region, they're a pretty specific kind of blanket where it's this overshot pattern. So it's a highly geometric and repeat pattern that happens. They date back to, you know, early settlers in the... In the area.
1: What's the process? Is this woven?
0: Yep, yep, they're woven on a loom. So you have uh, a warp with linen or cotton. It was linen in older days and then cotton more and more recently. And then a supplementary weft. So you have two wefts going and one is that same linen or cotton. So that makes it a really strong blanket, That those materials. And then the wool is the other supplement and that's what makes the pattern happen.
1: So then break down warp, and weft. What Mm -hmm. do those terms mean?
0: Warp is the set of threads that the loom holds in tension and then weft is what the weaver moves perpendicular to the warp.
1: So then, Danny, this blanket seems to me like it would take a long time. Was this decorative or was it functional? I can't imagine being cold and waiting for this blanket because it's <laughs> intricate. It's one of the most intricate patterns that I've seen in a textile.
0: Yeah, they they were totally functional and really, like, fantastically functional in the way that, um, like, that linen or cotton was so strong and the wool is so warm they lasted for. A long time you would really use them and in older mountain homes if you, a lot of them were one-room houses so if you think about the bed and what was on the bed in some ways that's sort of a display place in the room or in the in the household so having a really decorative but functional blanket kind of made sense to the you know the aesthetics of a house um, at that time Yeah. one
1: thing I yeah. enjoy about this exhibit then is that it kind of looks like a old settler home, the way it's laid out. Like we have the brooms, we have the pottery, we have what looks like textiles that be, may be used for like personal hygiene. Talk to me about the intention behind this exhibition and the type of research you had to do to pull this off.
0: Yeah, so I'll, I'll say that I, I co-curated the show with folks from Berea. They proposed the show to us initially, and what they really wanted to highlight was the student work Done at Berea, the craft program at Berea is part of their labor program. It's a work college, so students who are in the craft program are not majoring in craft. Many of them aren't even majoring in art to begin with. They might be nursing majors or environmental science or you know communications anywhere from around uh, the college. And what they're doing in the student craft program is. Um, the college has a, has a labor program where every student works for the college and that covers their tuition. So they graduate tuition without, um, without debt and in the craft side what they're doing is producing objects that the college sells. So long story short, this exhibition is partially about what is made in the production side in the contemporary moment which had a big shift in 2018 with how they approached what they made. And then, the other two sections in the show is a kind of historical look at the past 130 years of student craft what they used to produce, which was more heritage objects. And then the final section is the speculative craft where it's looking at what many people in student craft make of their own sort of creative volition, so outside of the production setting. So those are kind of the three areas of the show and kind of how we approached it was having these three kind of distinct sections and how they sh- all show different components of why student craft at, at Berea is so special. Yeah. So then
1: when we're talking about the student craft at Berea and we're talking about these three different sections, is there an object that has been part of their production since the beginning?
0: Um, not anymore. But, there are threads of historical objects that are still being made. So, like we were talking about the coverlet, that linen and wool, um, highly decorative, this overshot structure, really like iconic for the region. rather than make those kinds of blankets, they're now making something like the rise throw, which is this striped blanket, so much faster to produce but also a little bit more contemporary like aesthetic to it Um, and it's made of hemp and wool so there's kind of a there's still kind of a lineage with the with regional materials happening but just a little bit of a different flavor yeah
1: and it looks like the same can be said for the brooms too like the Mm -hmm. brooms here look smaller Mm -hmm. the handles are more well I can't even say the handles are more decorative But the handles here seem like more traditionally turned handles or woven handles. But we've got these actually sculptural handles on the brooms over here. And it looks like the color palette has expanded as well.
0: Yeah, so there's some brooms, like in the production side, there's these forest brooms where it's these raw Um, handles from, um, what is it, red maple, so they're gathered from the forest, the Berea College's forest, and left raw, you know, like with their bark still on and all the bends and everything still in there, and then the broom straw is all just kept as its natural, um, or sorry, broom corn, that's what it's called, um, kept at its like undyed natural color, but then another set of brooms that they're doing is really, is super colorful, like synthetically dyed, straight handle, and those are about you know, senses of time and um, the passage of time and the different ways that light changes throughout the day. So they're playing with both like a really regional local kind of um, product, but then also sort of um, a really contemporary and kind of technological play with like dye stuff and and broom corn. And I think you can see that in the historical ones too, like what kind of... um, aesthetic considerations are happening throughout time and how those, you know, show up in the kind of broom handle that appears. You know, it's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. So, then Danny, how, what is your practice and how has this experience influenced that or has it?
0: Back when I, in 2015, 2016, when I was first learning about Brea College and visiting their archives, I was looking at all of their... Material as a as a studio artist and as a weaver who wanted to recreate um, and learn from these historical objects, and then now that I'm a PhD student here and got involved as a co-curator, and I went down to research again this past summer, it was less about you know my own response to the kind of objects and more about um, the larger storytelling. You know, potential that each of these objects had historically and contemporarily, and um, you know what they mean to the region, like what what do objects tell us about the whole region more broadly, but also about Bria College uh, specifically? you know so it was more of a um, more of an engagement with the sort of politics at play and the consequences of those politics, and less about learning techniques from objects. so, yeah.
1: Yeah. For WORT, I'm Jennifer Field.